Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Join me for insightful conversations and interviews about our cattle industry. Here we discuss the shared struggles and successes of this life we've chosen as ranchers. Here, we seek to learn from the experts around us, eager to grow and challenge the accepted. Here we are, the Black Hereford Chronicles. The Black Hereford Chronicles has been running for just over a year now. This is our 28th episode. It feels a little crazy when I think about it that way. I started this thing on a bit of a whim, and frankly, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. I've learned a lot. I've gotten to know a lot of people both within the ABHA and outside of the association that I don't know that I would have otherwise. And it's really allowed me the opportunity to do one of my favorite things, ask questions. The support of you guys listening and all of my wonderful sponsors has been the most amazing part of this. I wasn't sure how this would be received or if anyone would even care. So it's been really cool to see that response. So we're a year in and I figured it's time to bring the ABHA back on and check in. And that's just what Ernie and I did in this episode. There's also a lot of information here about the upcoming Junior Nationals, and we really go into what they offer. It's a lot more than just this show ring, an aspect of our Nationals program that I really love. So without further ado, let's dive into what's up with the ABHA. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, JH Cattle in Blountville, Tennessee, where they believe in pushing quality over quantity. Using sire lines like JCR Sonic Crush, JCR Double Trust Cat 107ET, and PLC Reg Killer, they are putting out the quality that you should be looking at. You can follow along with their breeding plans and be the first to see the next calf crop drop at the JH Cattle Facebook page. You can also reach Todd at 423-302-8054 or J-H-C Black Herefords, all one word, at gmail.com. I am back with another episode of the Black Hereford Chronicles, and I'm excited today. I've got Ernie Dominguez here, the executive director of the American Black Hereford Association. And we had Ernie on, oh, about a year ago to kind of talk about what was going on with the association. So I figured it was, it was time to bring him back in, and we're going to cover a, a pretty wide variety of things going on, but really dig into the juniors today. But I, I want to welcome you, Ernie. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today and, and visit about what's going on in the world of Black Herefords. Well, absolutely. Always enjoy getting to visit with you and the members through your podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. So let's kind of start off just talking about where we're at this year. You know, we it, it's been a big year for the association. New EPDs have come out. There's, I know that took a lot, you know, and that has kind of consumed everything for a while, but it's been really exciting to see those implemented and how that's worked out. But what else have you guys been working on? Yeah, with the EPDs uh, and that process took a long time. And as you might recall, um, you know, that when we started that project, uh, you, you think that it's going to take a little bit shorter time period. It always, I guess, takes longer than you think. And so we finally got through that period. And toward the end of last year, so December, is when we got through our final uh, set of beta runs. And so then in the first part of January is really when you started to see our new EPDs. 
we continue to work with IGS and Digital Beast because there are things that you know members might bring to our attention that, that are saying or things that the way they're trending or tracking and those kinds of things. So anytime a member sees something that they think it's worth investigating and looking into, please send that to me and then I can work with IGS. I'm kind of you know batching those together, those requests. And we don't get many, but if if there are some, please just send them to me and we're continuing to look at that. I mean, I think anytime you implement a new program, um, you really it really takes a year to kind of work through the, those things. But I think we're on a pretty good uh, trajectory that we're doing weekly evaluation. So it's pretty, uh, in terms of if you see something, if it is an issue and they, and they you know, look at it, investigate it, and find that it is an issue, then, then essentially you can have that turned around in a week or two to get that fixed within the evaluation. So we're really excited about it. Um, in talking to other associations and other, you know, breeders or, you know, producers out there, they have a, a high regard and respect for IGS and what they do. And so I think it's puts us, you know, in a different uh, group out there with other associations that have been using IGS for a long time. So that's very exciting. I'm loving in the API index. I, I don't know why. I just yeah. nerd out on the API. It, it's a fun one. Yeah, well, and I'll say um, in talking, visiting with the Limousine Association, they are, you know, limousines um, have some different indexes they don't want to see IGS incorporate. And so that is something that IGS looks into. I know we've, there's been some conversation around scrotal and those kinds of things, and they have an opinion on that. But if there is uh, different indexes that, you know, members are interested in, um, they do take that in consideration. Limousines have kind of worked with a consultant to go out and develop one that will be incorporated. And that'll be available to every, you know, all the partners that are part of IGS. So pretty exciting, um, you know, what they're able to do. And as we continue to, you know, progress and you see buyers um, get, you know, more uh, interested in data and there's different ways to measure, measure different things. I mean, there's probably going to be others out there that will be incorporated down the road just based on market demand. Exciting stuff. So, yeah, EPD is one thing. Um, let's talk about a couple of different, I'm going to bounce around a little bit on this, um, and no particular order, but if you, if you look at members and memberships, just want to highlight a couple of things there. So we do run membership on an annual basis, just like most other breed associations. And what we see is we have approximately 500, you know, members annually. Um, you know, we do have a significant number of new members and we do have some that drop off, but it's important to remember that our members are roughly, and I know Logan looked at this a few years ago, are, you know, in terms of our demographic, about half of our membership have 10 head or less. And then the other half, you know, it just kind of varies. And so whenever you have that kind of demographic, you will probably have some that drop off, you know, that maybe register one or two on an annual basis. Maybe they don't have to register anything, so then they don't renew their membership. So that does happen. So you know, if, if anyone's wondering, you know, well, do we lose members? Well, yes, we do. But there's reasons and you look at just the demographic part of it. And that's a big player in that number. But I think a lot of that demographic, about- too, probably is really involved in, in what we're going to talk about later, the juniors, you know, and as your kids kind of age out of showing. Right. That just kind of goes away. Yeah, it goes away. You know, sometimes they, they, I'll say, graduate from our junior program, go to college, and they may do different things. And, and hopefully they come back. You know, and then we do have some juniors that have their own herds. And so they do 
continue to, you know, maintain their membership status and, and continue to, you know, grow their, their own herd. So yeah, you're right. That's another part of that demographic that plays onto into that number as well. Now, in terms of registration, so I know a lot of people are interested, you know, how many registrations do we have on an annual basis? It's roughly about 3,800 to maybe 4,000 registrations a year. What we're seeing so far this year in the first six months is our, our fiscal year is in October 1 through September, so a little bit different than the calendar year. But we're growing at about 30%. That's what we're seeing right now year over year compared to last year in registration. And so that is super exciting. Um, and there's you know a lot of factors. I think I will say that since January of this year, that and this is year three for me, I've had more calls and emails of people that are interested in black herfords. Maybe they have a herford you know herd and they want to you know dive into and start some black herfords. So I've seen more of that kind of outreach and interest since January than I've had the first two years. I've been here. And so that's, that's really exciting to see. So there's a lot of different reasons, you know, there's, uh, you know, obviously we have um, our sales that, you know, members have, we sponsor a couple, there's, you know, we have got members that go to farm fest and, you know, get the word out more in a local fashion, kind of boots on the street and doing that organically um, there, you know, in the past we did uh, do some advertising in the progressive cattle we kind of, you know, pulled back on that and we're looking at different avenues in, in the right mix. And it may be, in talking to some members, maybe we do some that's more regionally based um, just because there's different publications that, that have a, a, a high, you know, um, I don't want to say membership, but they, they send out a lot of, you know, their publications, but a little bit more regionally. And so, you know, we need that feedback from members so we can figure out the right place to invest those dollars. But but we do have dollars to invest. And so we just need feedback on that or where to do that in different places. Um, you know, we do the shows, we do three of those national shows a year, in addition to junior nationals, which we'll talk about. And that's for a different segment. But if you look at just the Cattlemen's Congress event in Oklahoma City, that draws almost 10,000 head of cattle. And then you just look at, well, how many people did that draw? You get, you know, show people and non-show people that pay attention to that event, mostly just because it's in Oklahoma City. I mean, that's kind of in the heart of cattle country, running up through the Midwest and in other areas. And so um, that draws a lot of eyes. Um, they do a really good job of promoting their event and winners and the breeds, and we get to participate on the national level. So there's a lot of different things that I think um, can attribute to the growth, but there's nothing more than, you know, all of our members, um, talking to prospective people that are interested in the breed, um, doing, you know, breed promotion at a local level, because a lot of people will, will turn to you, especially if they know who you are, if you're reputable, um, they trust you, then they're going to look to, you know, perhaps take a, a chance on a breed like ours that has a lot to offer. So we're growing. Um, we could do a heck of a lot of promotion. I think when we really get into that, I mean, just imagine what that growth will look like, which is very, very exciting. That does bring challenges, um, but I think those will be good challenges when we get to that point. So we're just very excited about the growth that we're seeing so far. Do you guys have anything on the docket this year that you're you're already planning out and getting excited for? Yes. So 
we haven't um, said a whole lot about this, maybe at all. And I have, you know, as the members have called, I've you know told them about it because I think um, it, it's one of those projects that you propose it and then it all depends on whether or not they're going to buy into it. And so me and Jim every year will entertain research projects and through our partnership with IGS, um, they have a certain number of projects that can be implemented every year. We looked at, you know, if we're really trying to push data collection and, you know, we all know costs are through the roof right now. So how could we help our membership um, encourage the data collection, but also do it at a reduced rate? So we looked at, you know, we know we've got our approved herd sire program. And so most members will test their bulls. And so we've got a lot of data on that, but we don't have a lot of data on females. And so, in you know, working through with me and Jen and IGS, we proposed what we would call a genomically enhanced female project. So what that would mean is our members would use that 100K test uh, on their females. That obviously has benefits at the member level, but also for the association getting more data collection. It also means Neogen gets more you know, data as well. So we finally got that approval last week. We are finalizing the details of what that, you know, the cost and the requirements and all that's going to be. But uh, for the membership, uh, be on the lookout. We'll be um, pushing that information out here very shortly. And we'll have uh, this collection project for at least a year, hopefully more. And again, the idea is to encourage more data collection on the female side, um, but it would be at a very significantly reduced rate. So right now, you know, that 100K is, I believe, $47. And then if you want to add on, you know, color code, horn pole, all that, well, this 100K test will be more in the 20-some dollar range. And then if you want to add on those other tests, you can. But we're very excited about that. Um, they say that whenever you could start to get about 1,000, at least a minimum of 1,000, um, of those samples in for any type of trait that you're trying to, you know, do some collection and, and measure that that's really, you know, that minimum number you need to start to move the needle. And so we're very excited to get this to our membership, provide that opportunity and talking to some members. Um, they're very excited about this possibility. Um, some have said, you know, they would do a significant number of their, their females as a part of this project. And so I think we can reach that thousand. I need to see where we're at, but as you may know, I mean, not a lot of people do um, this particular test on females. So I'm going to get that benchmark so that we can see what that delta is and then really have a target to reach that thousand number and beyond that. But it's super exciting to be able to offer this to the membership. And I hope a lot of members will take advantage of it. I really think in a breed like ours that is still so new that there's multiple benefits to a project like this, you know, beyond the data collection, which is fabulous. And we absolutely need, it helps kind of backstop us a little bit with legitimacy. You know, we're putting ourselves out there as a breed that a lot of people aren't familiar with. And the more data we can have, I really believe helps kind of build that trust with potential producers that are, are looking at, at implementing some black Herefords, you know, to, to be able to back that up with those numbers, I think is tremendously helpful. It really is. And you hit the word you use is legitimacy. And that is so important. Um, you know, when, 
you know, again, I've, this is year three for me, and I know our members um, are, you know, have been frustrated at times with battling that baldy, you know, uh, description of who we are and, you know, how we're, you know, if we're relevant or not, if we're a hobby breed or not, you know, how significant of a player are we within the industry? But when you have two significant breeds like the Hereford and Angus breeds that we're using in order to make this um, Black Hereford, then you believe from a foundation standpoint we have legitimacy, but then people want to have it backed up by data. And so this is one way to do that. Um, I did get a call, I believe it was this week, uh, by a member that asked, what's that GEEPD logo on some of these catalogs we've seen? And so that ties into this. That's the genomically enhanced logo that we created to profile or identify those animals that have that 100K or that approved herd sire test done. And what that means is the that test or those tests basically give you the equivalent of 28 progeny. So you may have a, a you know, female or a bull that's 12 months old that hasn't produced anything, but because you've done that test, that data um, and that configuration they have and, and, and all the, the markers that are you know in part of that program is the equivalent of them having 28 progeny, which some won't even have in their lifetime, you know, on the female side, right? But it gives greater accuracy. And it's not to say that that animal is any better, but the accuracy on the ZPD is, you know, what some of those buyers will look at, you know, for those that are EPD enthusiasts. You know, those, I know there are those that are not. And so um, it's um, if you, in the grand scheme of things, a relatively small investment to establish greater legitimacy or accuracy in different areas to really put us uh, at that same level as those other breeds that are out there that have been established for a very long time that are known, you know, more widespread within the industry. And we need to do little things like that, turn into big things in order to establish us within the industry. But the other thing is you know, looking at different studies. And we've got members that are doing bull tests or have cattle on feed lots. And so, you know, we're trying to work with them to figure out how we can collect that data too. So it can help us. It's a multi, you know, faceted and multi-pronged approach to data collection in different ways. But all of it's important to help, like you said, legit, you know, establish that legitimacy within the industry. Absolutely. Well, that's an exciting one. Thank you for, I had not heard about that. So I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. And one other that I'll talk about really quickly that was just approved by the board um, this week, we had a regular, regular monthly meeting is for those that um, do a lot of uh, AI sire uh, work and you've got your certificates, right? And some people don't understand how the certificate program works, but we do have an AI certificate program and so that's essentially each member who has a bull that's going to sell semen on. Uh, they sell the semen, but there's also a certificate. And, and that kind of goes hand in hand and for different reasons. But those certificate fees will vary. Well, what the board has been discussing is whether or not to implement a non-certificate program and, of course, keep the certificate program. And so the board did vote to approve a non-certificate program. It would be a flat annual fee of $400. And so if a member wanted to not have to deal with certificates, um, on the other side, if you're a buyer and you don't want to have to contact 
a member to try to track down a certificate, then there will be bulls uh, on a member, you know, uh, member basis on whether or not they want to participate in that program or not. They'll be able to do that. And then, of course, if there's members that just want to keep the certificate program, you can do that as well. So we're not doing one or the other. It's both that'll be uh, offered to the membership. We'll be working with um, Jennifer and Jim at Digital Beef to the the the, um, the platform. It's all set up within Digital Beef to do it already, but we're going to have to provide them a list of bulls, you know, for members that want to participate in that kind of program. And so that'll be updated here, you know, shortly as you know members volunteer to do that. But just know, I wanted to let the membership know that that will be a new program out there. Um, and for the, again, for those that want to participate in the certificate program and keep that path, they can do that, or they can do the non-certificate program as well. I always love programs like that that are left optional up to breeders. Every operation is different. And so when we make changes like this that aren't a big one-size-fits-all kind of approach, I think it really benefits the association. So, you know, my hat's off to the board really, on figuring out a way to do that and and still allow everyone to function in a way that they're comfortable. Yeah, it does. And, you, and you know, um, in the spirit of optional programs, and for those that kind of follow along on uh, meeting minutes, which I know, you know, perhaps may not have a, a lot of detail, but you know, all our, our board members are always willing to take questions and, and get more information. But you may have seen, for those that follow along on those notes, and you'll see some more information here come out, um, there has been discussion on whole herd reporting. And that's a, a topic that, you know, a lot of associations have programs on that. And they're called different things, but they're all basically the same. And in, in there's a task force that's looking at this. And Mark Gibson is leading that effort, um, and and that's that's something. It's a topic that needs to be discussed and talked about for a long period of time. It's not something you just jump into. But I will I will say that this task force and the board really believes um, that this needs to be optional at least to start, and maybe down the road it becomes a requirement. I know other associations have moved moved towards that. But at the baseline, there are good practices in whole herd that members can do, like cleaning up herd inventories. You know, if you imagine in digital beef, we get charged by the total number of cattle that are in the database. And so it's really important for members to go in there. And I know it takes time, but really clean up your inventories. And if you've disposed of cattle, if you've sold them, um, make sure we, we're cleaning that up. And that way, if we ever do go down that path and decide, you know, whole herd is something we want to do, then you've already got a jump start. But I will say, don't don't start to get anxious. Don't get scared. Don't get upset. This is something that if the board uh, decides to do, and of course, through conversation with members, it will start off as being something optional. This will not be something we jump off into and, and decide to start to be a requirement. But I will say that the group may decide this isn't something we need to do, but at a bare minimum, clean up your inventories. There are best practices within that practice that make a lot of sense for us to do as members and as an association, whether or not we jump off into the whole herd or total herd reporting or not. Um, so just start thinking about that. Um, clean up your, think of it springtime, spring cleaning, clean up your inventories. That's a good best practice. It helps us as an association 
with digital beef and how we're charged. Um, so it's really helpful. I just want you to know that it's being dis discussed. Uh, we try not to do things in, in silos. It's really important to get feedback and we want that feedback. It, it's the task force is made up of members, not just board members. We've got members on there as well that are looking at it and really diligently talking to other breed associations. How do they work? How are they set up? What are the lessons learned? What worked or didn't work? And so that way we don't have to learn from our own mistakes. There weren't even mistakes that have been made you know, by other associations and, and every association is different in, in working with Mark. You know, he understands that and so does the rest of the group. So just because the AHA has one program, Angus have another, they're not necessarily the same. Each one operates a little bit differently to your point and in Jen, because you know, each association is different. Each association's membership, you know, makeup is different. And so you have to accommodate for that. Um, but at, a, at, at the base, you know, base level, education is really important. Our, member, our members will see a lot of educational um, articles and stuff that we want to push out there just to educate everyone on what this means. What does it look like? What will be asked of them? Um, but going back to legitimacy, I mean, it's another step that just puts us on the level of everyone else uh, that's out there. And so progress is important. You have to, in a lot of ways, take baby steps. I know there's some folks that want us to move faster than that, but education is really important. And the way I like to, you know, lead a group is that we have consensus and we bring everybody together and not everybody's going to agree on things, but I want to make sure that everybody understands before we, we jump off into something like this. So it's going to be a methodical uh, and you know, every month we have a call to discuss and bring a different association in and, and ask them how they did it. And so it's a process, but just um, if you take anything else from this conversation on the whole herd is start working on your inventories and cleaning them up because it just helps no matter what we do, but especially with digital beef. So well, it's a good it, best practice. It saves you time in the end, you know, when you're going in and adding data back into your herd, it's a lot easier to not have to scroll through a bunch of animals that you no longer own to find right. what you're looking for. So it, it helps you too. Yeah, it really does. So those are just some of the things that we're talking about discussing as a board. Um, I'll say this because it's now April or it's about to be, um, we, we're rolling into May, which is really crazy to think, but in the spirit of that, so Coming up in October, don't mean to jump over to Junior Nationals, we'll come back to that. But in October is our big national meeting at uh, Kansas City at the American Royal. So we are slated for that first weekend, as always. I know um, we have tried to move that further into October since they have, you know, a multi-week run. But um, as I've been told, until they open up their new facility, which they still plan on doing in a couple of years, you know, we'll see, um, they won't be able to accommodate that. But once they have that new facility, then we have some options to move further into the month of October. But for now, we are scheduled for October the 7th. So that Saturday, October 7th, would be our national meeting and sale and, and dinner and all those some things that we do in Kansas City. So um, make plans for that, save that date. Um, you know, it's always a good time to see members get together 
But uh, in the spirit of all that, for those that are interested in serving on the board, you know, we do have two seats. We typically have two seats that roll you know, every year. And so there will be two seats open for election. You have to uh, identify and tell us by August the 1st. So if there's anybody thinking about it and you want to ask some questions, discuss that with board members or discuss with me, you can. But just know you have to turn in your intent to run by August the 1st to be on the ballot for that election. And what are the other requirements for that? Member in good standing for three years, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. Member in good standing for three years, or if you happen to work for a member breeder, and of course right. there are some requirements to, to, to demonstrate that. Um, and so those are on the website in our bylaws. Again, I'm happy to share that with anyone, but that's one, that's the biggest one is member in good standing for three years. And so, you know, please do get in touch with me. Let's pause the show for a minute here to talk about Peter's Farm Black Herefords in Hamptonville, North Carolina. I know you've heard me talk about their philosophy of hardy bulls, docile cows, and sturdy calves. Peter's Farm really believes in making Black Herefords the breed of the future and their role in it by starting with F1s and building a great herd of cattle from there, always focusing on hardiness and docility. They have some heifers available right now. Take a look at Peter's Farm Black Herefords, all one word, dot com, or give Bobby a call at 704-928-8458. To move us along a little bit here, it I don't know about down where you're at, but up here it felt like the never-ending winter, and it's still... I mean, we're, we're still seasonably cold, so it's hard to imagine that it's already time to talk about juniors, but somehow it is. It, it is. And you're right. I mean, here in Texas, it's warming up, but the grass isn't really growing very much right now. So I know a lot of different places, some are still getting snow, uh, some are getting major downpours. And so here we are now looking at the month of June to talk about junior nationals, which is June 14th through the 17th. The committee, both the juniors and our adult committee that helped put on the event have been meeting for months now. Uh, It takes a lot of planning uh, to put this event, this annual event on. This will be the seventh annual. um, And each year it gets bigger and bigger. And if, if this, you know, if looking at the, you know, for those that like to show cattle and have been following the national shows at Kansas City, Louisville, and Oklahoma City, each of those events grew year over year. So I, I can only imagine what we'll see. Last year, we had about 80 entries at Junior Nationals. And so I'd love to see if we hit that 100 mark or above that. That would be just super exciting to see that. And, you know, that just means that, you know, we're growing as association, we're growing in terms of juniors who are interested in the breed. And that's one, you know, area that, you know, perhaps it gets even more people involved. So um, it's an exciting time. Uh, We'll look, we'll be back in Tennessee, but this time we'll be at Cookville where Tennessee Tech University happens to be in the great state of Tennessee. Uh, we'll be in the uh, Heiderberg's Ag Pavilion. 
So the actual show will be in a indoor facility. The uh, tie, you know, basically where the cattle will be stalled, is in a covered barn, but it's not enclosed. Uh, but the actual show will be in a, a facility with air conditioned, which is, um, boy, last summer was really hot everywhere. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty tough, but we won't have that necessarily uh, to be a, as much of a concern this year. So for those that are not juniors, but are hearing this, how do they get involved? How do they become members? Yes. So we obviously love to have uh, members. And uh, as I talked about earlier, we do have our, you know, membership that runs annually. Of course, if you jump in at any point within that, you know, year, we absolutely take that. For our juniors, um, you have to be a current paid junior member to show at Junior Nationals. And so if you're not currently a member, you know, please get in touch with us and, and we'll help you do that. Um, but this, like you said, it's not just a junior event. It takes a lot of people to help put this on it. And so we do need help. Um, so if you're an adult, whether you like show or not, we need your help. There are a lot of areas to help. So I'll take, I'll give you examples. So this, at this event, we do more than just showing the cattle. We also believe in having contests, which help our juniors build other school uh, skills like a, a sales talk where they have to come in and they have a certain amount of time to sell a product. So they could sell an animal or a product, doesn't matter what the product is, but they have to do a sales pitch. And so we need adult judges to evaluate their performance on how they do that. We have a livestock judging contest. And so we'll need, you know, adults to kind of help uh, with the over the event itself, but also help um, you know, kind of take the different groups to the different, uh, you know, sets of cattle that will be evaluated. Um, we're also going to uh, have some new contests, like a photography contest. And so that'll give juniors a chance to use their photography skills or maybe for the first time get into it. And maybe they'll decide that's something they want to do one day, but we'll need adults to help judge those submissions. Uh, you know, we have a fitting contest, which that can be more for, you know, people that, you know, do fitting and, and understand that and that that's okay. But we do have that contest and the juniors get really excited about that young and old. Uh, it's pretty you know fun to see that. Um, and so we're going to have a cattleman's contest. And so that's kind of more of a quiz to help them so we can measure their understanding of not just general cattle terminology and things, but we're also going to incorporate some questions about black herefords because we, you know, believe it's important for our juniors to understand uh, things within our breed so that when they're talking to other prospectives, you know, members or cattlemen or women that want to purchase and be a part of this breed, they are fully educated on the, the different things. And probably the biggest questions we get are, you know, what's the, you know, what are the percentages, you know, F1 to HX purebred percentage and, and all everything in between. So it's important to understand how all that works. So we've incorporated a couple of additional contests in, in addition to the traditional ones that we have every year, but it, it takes other adults to help us um, evaluate and judge um, those different contests. Um, we you know, do have uh, scholarship and so scholarships that are get awarded to seniors and those that are in college every year or in the trades. And so, you know, we, we need some adults to help us, you know, look through those applications and make those awards. Um, same with our queen and princess contests, same with our junior board members, you know, they have to apply 
uh, we interview them. And so it just takes a lot of people to make this event happen. Um, I know the Tennessee State Association is stepping up to help both um, people, resources, and monetarily. And so if there are individuals out there that want to help uh, in a small or big way, uh, financially or you know through your time and talents, we would love it. Um, those funds go 100% to the juniors to help put on the event and also to fund the scholarships. So if you want to help, please reach out to me. Daniel Jenkins is the uh, adult member that's leading the junior committee. Um, we would love to talk to you more about how you can get involved and help out. But this will be an exciting event. I promise you, if you come out, you'll really enjoy yourself. Uh, there'll be a lot of members from several states. I think the last couple of years, we've had about 15 different states represented at this event. So it's an exciting time to get together in the summer. I'm so glad that you highlighted those events beyond just the show, because the show is exciting itself. But what we're doing here, right, is raising well-rounded kids that are going to have to do more than just go out and work in a show ring. And so you're developing those speaking skills, you know, those ability, that ability to know what it is you're talking about with the cattleman's quiz. There's a lot of, a lot of value to those events. So I'm, I'm just so excited to see that the juniors are growing the offering there at nationals. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we're all honest, uh, this group's going to be taking care of us one day, right? And they're going to be making those decisions at the highest level. And what a way to be involved and have a hand in their, you know, grooming and development and skill and skills that they're going to use for the rest of their life in and outside the show ring. And that's what's always been really important to me. And, and really everyone that's involved in this juniors group is, you know, how can we grow their leadership skills so that they are productive and young people? You know, I say this, so I, I do, you know, judge a lot of shows across the country and it, uh, it's, it's always neat to see, um, you know, young people, but their cattle and the programs they're trying to represent in, in that ring. But, you know, they have opportunities to lead today. I know we always say they're the leaders of tomorrow and that's true, but they, they can influence and lead today in their peer groups. But I would say there are young people younger than us that are developing products and tools and solutions and services out there in this world and making an impact today. Um, and they're wise beyond their years. So you don't have to be an adult to, be, to make an impact. This group of young people can do that too. Um, but it's, it's helpful to have adults that can help mentor them and, and show them the way of um, how to be productive, respectful um, young people that can make an impact. And so we want to be an association and a breed that has a caliber of young people that can compete with any out there, no matter what it is that they're doing. So uh, it's really exciting to be a part of it. So one thing that you kind of mentioned there that I don't know that we talk about a whole lot is that uh, queen and princess program. I think it's in maybe it's fourth year. I believe um, Carol Durrell was, was, Oh, running the show when, when we brought that yeah. in. So tell me a little bit about that. What are the qualifications for that? And, and how does that, what do they do? Yeah. So, you know, the queen and princess thing is, is something that uh, every association has. I, I'm 
pretty sure I, I see them and you typically see them, you know, at the shows and they're representing the breed by, you know, handing out awards and, and holding those awards at the backdrop. But, you know, we've been so fortunate to have, uh, you know, queens and princesses over the last couple of years that have also represented our breed and association at different events, depending on where they're at across the country. So you think about Lake and Troop was, you know, our queen for a couple of years. Um, every event that she went to, she wore her sash and, you know, crown and represented the breed. You look at uh, Tinley Shannon out of Tennessee, you know, when there are local parades or different, uh, you know, kind of cattle oriented events where they've given, you know, juniors opportunities to speak about the breed. You know, she has done that as well. Um, Emily uh, Tabor this year, who's our queen and, you know, others um, that have been able to represent our breed, you know, go to different events and um, have represented the breed by not only just going to our shows, but they go to different events that are, you know, ag industry, you know, related. And um, a lot of times they're given opportunities to, to speak talk about our breed and also talk about, you know, what it is that they're representing. And so we have the princess, you know, we've got requirements. Um, there's a different ages to represent, you know, be you know, queen and princess, but you have to be a paid junior member, of course. And what we have an application process. And so um, they can contact me. We'll have those up on the website here, you know, really shortly, um, but they can fill out that application. Applications will be due June the 1st. And then we'll interview there at Junior Nationals. If for some reason um, someone uh, cannot make it to Junior Nationals, um, then we would set up a Zoom type of interview process. We don't want to exclude anyone that you know you know can't travel for certain reasons or have a conflict. As long as you turn that application, as long as you're a paid junior member, we'll work around that part of the process, the interview, to make it happen and, and give everyone a fair shot to participate. But uh, it's a year-long commitment. Uh, we ask that they attend those national events to represent the breed and the association. And then, of course, uh, the more times and opportunities they have to represent us at different local or regional events, uh, we really do appreciate those. And I think, you know, if the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's the Zoom interviewing is a skill in itself. So no shame there. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. It's, kind of, it's a way of the world now. HI Slash Cattle Company, located in the heart of the Sandhills of Nebraska, has black Hereford bulls available. 18 months old, BSE tested, pasture raised. These boys have not been spoiled or hog fattened, ensuring that they are ready to breed. This program is focused on balancing maternal and terminal traits, pushing for better every year. HI Slash Cattle has above breed average EPDs across the board. There's some Cavingese specialists up in this year's offering. You can check them out at HISLASHCattle.com and give us a follow on Facebook. So hit me with the deadlines for the show. Yep. The show deadline. Um, oh, something new. I'm glad you actually brought that up. In the past, we've been using JotForm, and we use JotForm to do a lot of different entry-related things. Well, this year, we are going to be using the Showman.app mobile application to take our online entries. And so um, we are finalizing that. Uh, we had to set up the bank account to accept you know, those entries and those kinds of things. So it should be 
that should be worked through today. So once that goes live, which I'd imagine by tomorrow, the latest, we'll be going live with that. The entry deadline for cattle will be May the 15th. So that gives about you know three, three weeks or so to get your entries in. Um, we normally do June 1st, but because our show is one week earlier, and so that way we can have time to order certain awards and t-shirts and stuff based on what you know, is going to be entered and who's coming. Um, we bumped up the entry deadline a couple of weeks to accommodate that. So May 15th will be the cattle deadline. All applications for junior board, scholarship, queen and princess will be June the 1st. And Perfect. then again, to remind everyone, the actual events will be June the 14th through the 17th. So for anyone listening on the 14th, which is a Wednesday, cattle can start to move in at 9 a.m. If you need to get there early, uh, there will be tieouts the night before that can be used. If you need to get there early, go ahead and tie out. But everybody can move in Wednesday morning starting at 9 a.m. We'll then check in the cattle on that evening at about 5 p.m. We'll do check-in. And then that gives everybody, you know, the day to move in, get settled in and all that stuff. Thursday, we'll do our opening ceremony, follow up with some clinics and educational content that day. So that way on Friday, that's a contest day. It gives you a chance to put into practice everything you learned from the clinic standpoint, educational topics that we have. Um, that uh, that day, we'll also have showmanship and our bread, bread and owned show. And then we'll have a dinner. We have a, our annual banquet at night, Friday night. And then Saturday morning will be the owned show. And that'll conclude, once that finishes, that'll conclude our event on that Saturday. Will all that stuff, I assume, will be up on the website? Yes, it'll be on the website. And it'll also all be housed within that showman.app, which is a really neat uh, tool that a lot of shows are starting to use. And so essentially, it's a, it's not an application you need to download on your phone. It's just a, a website. And, and so you click on that site and then everything will be there. The daily schedule, our judges, the classes, the rules, um, everything you can basically want to know will be all in one place. We'll also, of course, have that information on the website. But it's going to be a really neat tool that we'll be able to use this year. Well, I think if it, anyone it, wants to sponsor... Yes. Um, of course, we're taking sponsorships as well. Um, that will be posted there in addition to the website um, as well. We had a tremendous amount of support at uh, at our national event in Kansas City uh, for the juniors. But for anyone that wants to um, jump in now and sponsor, um, we will have those sponsorship opportunities posted as well. How about for scholarships? Are you guys looking for people to help build those funds? Oh, absolutely. Last year, we were able to give out five scholarships and $3,000 each and would not have been possible without uh, um, a match challenge by Ground Zero Farms. And of course, members that gave to match that contribution and give three. We'd never given um, that many scholarships or that amount before. And so for anyone that wants to contribute to that, um, please let me know. Uh, that will be, you know, of course, those funds would go directly to the scholarship fund, which would then be given out to any of those that, who apply. And we, of course, we interview and go through that process. It's so important to not just do an application, but have them interview. And they'll be doing that for the rest of their lives. And so we, we try to do all those things to help build those skills um, through those contests and application processes. 
Well, Ernie, before I, I let you go, anything else that you want to make sure the members are aware of? Well, I just want to thank, you know, thank you, Jen and, and Logan, all you do I want to thank all our members, you know, without the members, your memberships, your registrations, um, you know, the association wouldn't be here. And so I want to thank you. The board thanks you. Um, you know, we want to do and make decisions that represent the association and the members and, you know, what you want to see in this breed and the association. So your feedback is important. Um, you know, it, it takes, you know, for all kind of, um, you know, going to the same, you know, same drum beat, moving the same direction, um, using our, you know, time, talent, skills to help promote and really move this breed in the, in the direction that everyone wants to go. We will get so much further and farther down that path. Um, you know, I would love to see, uh, at the level of the same levels as you know the angus and the herefords are and i would like to see that in my lifetime which means we need to you know we're working on um some tools that in in partnership so that we can help all our members make you know smarter breeding decisions you can use data to help make those decisions and reduce the amount of you know lower performing or the oops and those kinds of things that just didn't work out genetically, then that helps us, you know, more exponentially get down that path of where we want to do in, in a shorter time. And so if you have ideas, thoughts, suggestions on how we can make this better or how we can, you know, if you need some educational content, I had a member uh, talk to you at the sale the other day that said, you know, the digital beat tutorial is great, but it doesn't, show me how to do certain things. I said, oh, we can create that pretty easily, you know? So it, those kinds of things, you know, don't think that you're the only one that's wondering because you're probably not. And so just bring those to our attention. We'll get those, you know, uh, created or made or whatever it is that we need to do, discussed, to make them happen. And that will just help everyone and move us in the direction that we want to go. Um, we're growing fast that um, presents its own challenges. But I, I would say this breed and the calls I get from new people have said great things about our members in sharing knowledge and wisdom so that they feel like they're a part of the family. And that's really important because there's a reason why people are leaving different breeds to come here. Obviously, the cattle have a lot to offer, but it's also the people. And so let's let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that in perspective. I know the reality of competitions there, but you know, if we're all willing to help one another, it just attracts more people to this wonderful breed and the, and the people that are here. So anything we can do to help support that, you know, please let me know. Um, it's an exciting time to be a part of this association. We're growing fast, but let's continue to keep this, uh, a family, uh, type of breed and with perspective of helping one another, because I think that'll help us down the road. Well, those are great notes to, to end on for today. Thank you so much, Ernie. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Jen. Appreciate all you do. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Hereford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.